You guys, it's fall. How did we get here? How is it the fall of 2020? I swear it was just January 2019, and I was wondering if the world was going to end. And then it did, and then we survived. But it's fall. I love fall, and I'm really excited. I love putting on cozy sweaters and boots and not having to wear a coat. That's like my favorite thing in the world. I'm sure that some of you who live in California or other places that are like warm year round are like, what are you talking about? That sounds like a nightmare to me. But trust me, in Chicago, it's really lovely. Anyway, I don't want to talk about boots and the weather right now. I guess I should tell you <laughs> what we're doing here. Um, Hi, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I get a little scattered, but it's all right. Hi. My name is Sarah Buino, and this is Conversations with a Wounded Healer. And we have conversations with amazing people in healing type professions about the intersectional journey of healing self while healing others. And today's guest is not what you would think of as a typical healer, but once you listen to this episode, you are going to agree with me that Sarah Santa Croce is an amazing healer. But before we get to her, I wanted to talk about power again. So I told you a little while ago that I had been the algorithms of Spotify had taken me down a rabbit hole of listening to podcasts about gurus who were really swindlers and cheaters and all sorts of stuff like that. And I started listening to a podcast called The Dream. And I just finished it this morning, actually. So there's two seasons. The first season is all about MLMs, multi-level marketing. So like Avon, Amway, Young Living, LuLaRoe, not new, but you know, there's the thing on Amazon Prime. Watch that. It's amazing. So the first season is about that. And then the second season is about the wellness industry. And I thought, ooh, she coming for me. I love the host. And for the second season, the one about wellness she brings in her, I think it's her boyfriend, her partner, the way that her partner talked about wellness and crystals and astrology and things like that. It sounded a lot like how I feel about it. And she is this like total skeptic. So the whole 10 episodes is really kind of about unearthing the parts of the wellness industry that are bullshit or that are predatory, you know, and I was listening to it and I was like, shit, am I contributing to this? Am I a part of this? Trying to convince people to do things or think a certain way or feel a certain way or try a certain product. And oh, also actually, before I forget, there's this other podcast called The Gateway that talks about a spiritual guru named Teal Swan. And he's really investigating her specifically in is she causing harm or is she really helping people? So I'm telling my husband about this. We're having a conversation about it. And he was like, well, are you trying to make people do things? Are you trying to sell something to people? Are you trying to convince people to do things your way? And sometimes, I got to be honest, sometimes it's yes. But overall, the, I guess, energy behind the podcast is really just sharing different modalities of healing, different people who think about healing in unique ways. And I guess I just want to say out loud to everybody that I really want you to be a critical consumer, right? So if I have somebody on the podcast that I really love and their healing really worked for me or this modality, this and that, that doesn't mean that it's going to work for you, right? Everybody's path is different. And I, I hope that I've communicated that throughout the podcast. But every time I have an issue with somebody in power where I feel like they are not respecting their power, 
I continue to think about myself and how am I relating to my listeners? How am I relating to this platform? How am I relating to myself as a person who has power, right? It's interesting because I'm sitting here in my closet looking at my unicorn onesie and my stuffed animals (laughs) and I'm like, I don't have any power, right? Who am I? This weirdo with a microphone. But There is power imbued in any sort of platform, and I want to be as absolutely responsible with that as I can. So I think I'm going to continue talking about this with y'all because power is such an important concept, and I, I think one of the most dangerous things we can do is disavow it and pretend that we don't have it when somebody else thinks that we do. So those are my musings for today. Now on to today's guest. And I learned so much from talking to this guest, and I imagine that you will as well. So you're going to have to go buy her book immediately. We'll have the link in the show notes. But her name is Sarah Santa Croce. And over a decade of running a successful LinkedIn consulting business, it inspired a yearning in Sarah to create a global movement that encourages people to bring more empathy and kindness to business and marketing. As a hippie turned business coach, Sarah has written two books, hosts the Humane Marketing Podcast, and works with heart-centered entrepreneurs to question their assumptions when it comes to marketing and give them permission to market their business their way, the gentle way. Sarah shares a fresh perspective and doesn't shy away from calling things out that no longer work for many of us when it comes to the current marketing model. Her clients sometimes refer to her as the female Seth Godin. And I don't even know who that is. So you can tell you can tell how much I don't know anything about marketing uh, as you listen to this episode. But I learned so much from Sarah and she actually really helped me recognize what I'd been doing intuitively all along that that really aligns with with her methods. So please enjoy this wonderful, heartful conversation with Sarah Santa Croce. Hello, Sarah Santa Croce. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. So nice to have two Sarahs on the show and both with an H at the end. Right. Right? Can I I ask what year you were born? Because I'm guessing it's around the same time. 76. Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And is your middle name Elizabeth or Beth? (laughs) No, I I have to say that no middle name as far as I know. Anyway, who knows? Oh, no middle name. Oh, Interesting. No. Wow. Yeah. yeah. In that late 70s era, that's definitely, it's the time of the Sarahs. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> it is, right? Yeah. We're princess is what Sarah means. And yeah, yeah, we all embody a princess in our own different way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not here to talk about being princesses. We're here to learn more about you and who you are. So would you mind introducing yourself to listeners, giving them a little snapshot of what it is that you do? Yeah. Where to start? I used to start always with the professional stuff. Like, you know, yes, I'm in marketing. I used to, or I built a LinkedIn consulting business, helping people with their LinkedIn profile. And now I actually go back to my upbringing because it's so much part of who I am today. And I feel like we're in this business world. We're often shying away from really truly sharing who we are. And especially for me, I uh, grew up in a hippie community. My parents bought an apartment building together with other families. And so we had each our own apartments, but then we spent a lot of time together. We had common spaces. We ate at each other's places and the kids always hung out together. And, you know, the funny part is, you know, that was, like I said, back in the 80s. And so 
growing up already as a teenager, I was kind of embarrassed of that upbringing. It was like different from everybody else. You know, nobody else had that same experience. And so when my dad came to pick me up on his bike and everybody else showed up in their car, I was like, oh Oh. no, so embarrassing. (laughs) And so as I went on with my professional life, Going then into business as an entrepreneur and especially going on LinkedIn, you know, the professional platform, I'm like, well, I can never mention that story. That has nothing to do with business, right? And so only 10 years after, 10 years into being an entrepreneur and kind of ending up with a breakdown because I just felt like I couldn't do business the way we're doing it, especially do marketing the way we're doing it anymore. That's when I came back to that story. I'm like, well, this is me. And that's what I feel like business should be like. It should be much more gentle. It should be human. It should be about community and sharing. And so that's why now when I'm on podcasts, I share that story because it's part of me. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly why I wanted you on the show, because we really every once in a while I have like a business type person on here, but we're always talking about it from this healing aspect. And Mm -hmm. I don't have a real marketing background at all. I did a little like a baby stint in like as an assistant in PR. Mm -hmm. And I've just always railed against what traditional marketing is because it feels so false. It also feels so certain. Mm-hmm. And I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to tell people like, this is what you need. This is what's going to help you. Like, I don't fucking know what your deal is. Right. And I don't know what you're bringing to this process. So I would never. But anyway, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. But say more <laughs> about you. Yes. So what So what are you doing now? Like, how are you integrating your childhood into yourself as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So really, the big thing for me was always marketing. I've always been in marketing. And so when I had this breakdown, down, I realized, well, I can't keep going the way I I was doing things that people and kind of the big marketing gurus tell you to do. And I just like everybody else, I thought, well, this is just how it works. I guess that's how we need to do it. And so followed all these things and how to do webinars and all of this. And it just never felt good. And so I decided, well, either I'm going to give up and, you know, move away from business, or I'm going to come up with another way. And that brings in more of this gentle approach to business. And so that's what I'm doing now. I'm really wanting to create a, a movement, if you want, towards more humane business, more humane marketing, more gentleness, you know, come back to the human aspect of doing business and marketing. We've gotten lost in the technical stuff, the digital stuff, and more automation and more tech and all of that. And we actually forgot that we're talking to humans. Right. And so that's, I think, what we need to come back to and getting away from the pushy, hypey kind of BS marketing. Like you said, you can just tell that it's not real. The problem is there's so much unrealness out there. And so many marketing programs teach you that you know, here's the recipe of your success. This is what you need to follow. And I'm not never pointing fingers again, because I've been there. If you feel so uncertain and of course you want results and you're like, oh, well, what do I do? I guess I follow this person now and do what they say. And then, you know, a year later you realize, well, it's still not working. I still don't have clients. And and why is that? Well, it is because you followed someone else's process Mm -hmm. And who knows if that person actually has done the inner work and is actually aligned with 
what they're sharing. Yeah. That's what it comes down to, right? <laughs> it's like, well, first you need to start with yourself. So that's yeah. the healing journey. I think we, as humane marketers, and I'm saying humane marketers, anybody who's in business really, or in, you know, offering some kind of services or, or healing, well, we need to promote what we're doing. And so humane marketing, I think, is the humane way to do it. Mm. You said so much stuff in there. And I want there's we can talk about a trillion things in this hour, I think, but I'm really struck by how I'm hearing a shift from and I'm I'm using these terms more of in an energetic way, not in, in a gendered way, but like masculine and feminine. Mm. Right. So we've been dominated, of course, by the patriarchy and capitalism, which is push, grow, results, productivity. And what I hear you talking about really is inviting in a more feminine energy of connection right. and listening and yeah. being with being more receptive and that's always what I've found more effective is once I make connections, I'm not even worried about the results because I know that the connection, it just automatically yields results. Yeah, so true. It's funny because when I first talked about this different way of marketing, I called it gentle marketing. So that's what, what this is all about. It's a, it's about a more gentle approach to business and marketing and you know, completely different story, but I got into a trademark issue with that term. And so I had to find a huh. new one. And so humane marketing is now what I'm using. And I'm, I'm actually really happy this happened to me because where gentle is still what this is about. And it's that feminine energy, right? I never wanted it to be just a female movement. I always right. wanted it to be a human movement. Yes. And I don't differentiate between the sexes. What we're talking about is the energy, right? And so now at Humane, I was just hosting a workshop today and there was like, I would say 30% of men on this workshop. And that has never happened Yay. before. So I'm like, yeah, this is what we're talking about. And men or, or women doesn't matter. It's like we're open right. to this different way of connecting with people. And that's what this is all about. I mean, from a Chinese medicine perspective, it's yin and yang. Yeah. Right. And they say that it's masculine and feminine because that, I don't know, that's just the way that our human brains like to make sense of it. But that's yeah. that's really what it is. And I've shared with listeners before, my husband has a very yin, very feminine energy. And I have a very masculine, yang type energy. And it's he's not any less of a man and I'm not any less of, you know, a woman because of that, right? Yeah, you, you formed this union that is, you know, where you bring mm -hmm. both what's needed. Another kind of these oppositions that I talk about in humane marketing is the left and the right brain. So mm -hmm. in the last, you know, 20 years, we've been trained to do marketing only with our left brain. So yep. it's like we use all these, you know, stats and analytics and conversion rates and numbers and all of that. And actually what people, what the conscious client wants now is more of the beauty, the love, the, the emotions, you know, like mm -hmm. the belonging. And that comes only in if you open yourself to bringing more of your right brain into marketing. It's like there's a gap between how we're talking to our clients and the actual evolution of our clients, especially in the last two years of this pandemic, right? There's like been this huge increase of consciousness. And yet we're still using this BS marketing where people are like, 
what, you think I'm stupid? I, I totally see through this. Like, I, I can tell that you're not live on this webinar or that you're like bullshitting me with, you know, fake things. So we need to up-level our marketing so that we're on the same level as the conscious client. That needs to happen, I feel like, especially in this community, you know, like your, where your listeners are. But I would say even like on you know, the big company level, you see it with the B Corps and, you know, kind of these companies who are open to what's going on outside. People are becoming more and more conscious, especially with, you know, the 2030 agenda. And what is that? The sustainable development goals, like climate change and all of these things. Mm -hmm. Well, they start to matter in how we make buying decisions. And so bringing that stuff into our marketing is equally important. Hmm. Do you have an example of a client that you could share in terms of like how you've helped shift the marketing to be more humane? Yeah, several clients come to mind, but what the work really is about is first unlearning what we've learned before, right? Right. And these are like things, again, that we just picked up because we followed some recipe for success or some kind of, mm-hmm. you know, 10 step thing. And then actually helping them. And we do that by looking at what they're currently doing and then just kind of have this conversation around how does that feel for us? And now put mm-hmm. yourself in your client's shoes. How does that feel for them? Like, does that make them feel good enough or less than? And so it's little things because oftentimes, you know, my clients, they're already coaches, healers. There are people who are up there with the consciousness. Mm. And yet, just like I did, they've just taken marketing stuff that they see out there and it's like, oh, let me try this. And then, you know, we find ourselves putting out these emails that we have from some template or or whatever thing. That's the reframe. It's like, oh, how do we reframe certain of these marketing techniques so that it comes over as, you know, authentic is kind of a buzzword. But when you look at the word itself, that's what humane marketing is about. And for a lot of clients, it actually comes back to doing the groundwork. Because Hmm. what I also found is that when we think about how do I get clients, we kind of go into this hustle mode and we want to do more. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, what can I do to get more clients? I need more clients. What do I do? What do I do? We kind of get into the spinning thing. And instead, what we need is to ground ourselves and look at the being first before we get to the doing. Because the doing, so the, 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 the writing that emails and putting up the thing, that becomes much easier and actually more fun once mm-hmm. you really know who you are, who you serve, what your purpose is and, and passion. So oftentimes we need to go back a step in order to move faster forward after. So that's kind right. of also why I took this concept of the seven P's of marketing that always existed. What are those? Because yeah. I don't know them and I'm guessing my listeners won't either. <laughs> yeah, good point. So the original seven P's there, can't remember, I should know this because I always bring it up, but it's just like this marketing concept that has always existed, right? So there are circles, there are different circles of P's or words or concept that, that start with P. 
that are used in marketing in order to come up with your marketing strategy, right? Can I read them here? No, I've got them here. So yeah. we've got product, yeah. promotion, mm -hmm. price, place, people, process, and physical evidence. Yes. So these are the P's that back in the days, people or marketers or that we all learned as marketing concepts. These are the things that we need to pay attention to. Oftentimes in these marketing programs, you start with yeah either product or people, which, okay, if you start with people, that sounds like it's a good thing, but I'm going to tell you why it's not. Anyways, so there's product and people, there's this focus on that. And then there's physical evidence and process and place. So to me, when I looked at these different P's, I'm like, well, somehow this kind of feels like a bit outdated, like physical evidence mm -hmm. and place that used to be super mm -hmm. important back in the days when we all had brick and mortar businesses, but we're all, you know, online now or many mm -hmm. of us are, are running online businesses. So that's not as important anymore. And so uh, when I saw these circles, the other thing I saw is that instead of having separate circles, to me, they actually needed to be a one thing. They needed to come mm. together. And so I saw, visually, I saw a mandala, which, yes. is, which is, you know, kind of a creative process, which I, I found out later. I just saw this mandala and my mom sometimes colored mandalas or painted them. So I'm mm. like, what is a mandala? I'm, I was really intrigued by that. And so I found out that, yes, it's a creative process that brings you closer to your center. And Jung often used them in, in his work. So it's definitely mm -hmm. a proven concept. I'm like, that's exactly it. We need those different things in order to find to our center, in order then to be able to share from within and, and market from within. So that then led me to use seven P's of humane marketing in the form of a mandala. And, and I kicked out, you know, some of the outdated concepts like physical evidence and place and process and, and moved in passion or purpose. Mm. Start with that, then personal power. And I'll explain a bit more what they are in mm -hmm. partnership. That was another P that was just, we realized it was so important going forward I feel like the business world is going to be much more about partnership, collaboration, doing things together rather than just, you know, killing the competition and yes. wanting to kill each other's businesses and steal my clients and all of that. So that's how this, these seven piece came together. That's so wonderful. I just think about the whole competition mode, like there really is enough for everyone, but not right now when the top 1% have all of the wealth. That too, right? Yeah. So something needs to shift clearly. Right. Yeah. We can go into a whole other conversation about capitalism. but Well, honestly, let's do it because I'd love to hear your thoughts from somebody who is, is in more of the traditional business world. Because of course, I've, I'm over here being a social worker like, yeah, destroy the system, man. But like, I don't, I don't know what's actual reality. So yeah. I'm curious yeah. what your thoughts are on capitalism and how it's working for us. Yeah, it's not working for us. Clearly, we, we see that, right? Now, I don't have all the answers. I think there needs to be a both and. So yeah. the, the concept of doing business for good that B Corps are using, that to me is the answer. We don't mm. need to give up everything around business. We still need to make a living somehow going forward. I don't see the new business world where we just are exchanging goods, going back to that or exchanging services. Mm -hmm. I don't see that. I think there will be money somehow. But the purpose 
of doing business will change. And that is, I think, what companies need to understand, that the conscious clients are already there. They are making Mm. a buying decision on, do I feel aligned with this person? Mm -hmm. Do this person's values align with mine? Does this person have the same worldview or are they completely on the opposite spectrum? Well, if they are completely on the opposite spectrum, well, why don't I choose someone who offers the same services, but is aligned with me, right? And so I think these things matter more than we think of. Uh, Up till now, business and marketing was just about products and talking about benefits and, and features and all of that. I think what people want now is being part of something bigger than them. And Mm. that's what companies who understand that capitalism is not the only answer will bring more into their marketing. And and obviously then, then there's always people who use it for good and then there's people who abuse it. Right. Unfortunately, we get that Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, We see it on the big scale. We see it with greenwashing. And can you explain greenwashing? I think I know what it is. Yeah. Greenwashing is is basically using uh, topics like sustainability and climate change as a way to make yourself look good. Oh, this is our mission, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. But then actually, if you look at the company, they're not doing anything about that. So it's performative. Yeah. And the same can be said, you know, about probably authenticity and and vulnerability and love. You see some of these guru marketers talk about love. And then when you actually, you know, get into their world, you're like, they're just using love to sell more. I don't think it should make us shy away from going in that direction. There will always be abuse of certain concepts, but it'll, it'll make us more aware. Oh, okay. So I can't overdo it because then it comes over as if I was just using this, you know, to my benefit. Because a humane marketer is never just using a marketing technique to only his or her own benefit. It's always right. to give value to the clients and also give mm-hmm. back to the planet. Well, and that goes back to the inner work, like mm-hmm. you said earlier, mm-hmm. right? Really encouraging your clients to do that. Yeah. What does that look like from your marketing perspective when you tell a client? Because for me, it's like, all right, we're swimming in the depths. We're doing a trauma work. We're doing shadow work. But, yeah. but what is it in marketing? Yeah. You know, it's probably very much similar to that. Mm. Like, you know, sometimes it will involve therapy. In the book, Marketing Like We're Human, I talk about the labyrinth and the labyrinth is really another picture. I don't know, similar to the mandala, this labyrinth came to me. I'm like, what Mm. if we looked at becoming a gentle or humane marketer as a journey that takes us through the labyrinth? And by walking into the labyrinth, you know, you go these different paths and find yourself Mm. in the center, you rumble. So the first kind of stage of that walk is rumbling, rumbling with your story, rumbling with who you really are. So you read Brene Brown? Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Stole that bluntly from her, that rumbling. That's exactly right. So rumbling with your story and really finding out, well, what do I stand for? Before we ever talk about our avatar and our ideal clients and all of that, like, who am I? Who do I want to be in business? What's my definition of success? That's such an important topic that Mm -hmm. if we don't ever think about that, 
then we find ourselves in that hustle spiral where we're just like chasing after the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, rumbling. And then once you're in the center of the labyrinth, you rise. So you kind of stand out from the noise and you really feel grounded in who you are. And now you know when you have this confidence to market yourself, because oftentimes we feel, you know, overwhelmed to even share about our offerings. Well, now that you know who you are, what you stand for, your worldview, you rise above the noise and you give yourself permission to do marketing your way. And again, I'm not sharing. It's funny because sometimes people say, oh, so you're just basically came up with a program on how to be authentic in marketing. (laughs) No, that would be silly that there is no five steps on how to be authentic. You have to, <laughs> you have to do the work yourself. Right? Okay. Teach me how to be authentic. Go. Right. Like, but that's what you see out there on Instagram. Yeah. Right. And so, I know yeah. that makes me so angry. Like whenever people want some sort of like bullet point list for healing, like yeah. I just can't, I yeah. can't do it because yeah. it's way too complex. It takes more work than just five steps. So there's no recipe for authenticity. There's being still and actually Mm -hmm. going there. And so that's the, yeah, that's the rising. And then once you have all these answers, then you walk back out into the world. That's when you then show up and you become visible and you resonate with your ideal clients. Mm. So it's kind of like we're reversing the traditional marketing model that always starts with, product or people, well, we're turning it on its head and we say, no, start with yourself. Mm. Well, this begs the question in, in your industry, would you consider yourself a healer? Yeah, I feel like that's my job. I feel like I'm, you know, bringing something to the table that's new for people. And that requires much more than just you know, attending a 45 minute webinar, watching it on the replay and off they go. I need people who are open to this conversation. I need them to take the time and and have deeper connections. So for the workshop I, I did today, there is no replay and that it's new, right? Like we're so used to signing up to all these webinars and just watching them whenever mm-hmm. we can. I feel like if we want to slow down and bring that slowness also into our marketing and create sustainable businesses, then I need my people to show up and be there and experience that and not just, you know, kind of watch it on a replay while they do their dishes. And it sounds like mm. it's not gentle from my side, but it is actually. I, I want them really mm-hmm. to experience that and feel the beauty of being on a call with other humans and, mm-hmm. you know, experience that whole thing. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, I do feel like I'm holding space more than I'm teaching. And that I feel like that's the role I have going forward. It's like, I'm here to bring something new. I hold the space for you, but you have to do your own healing. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, heal you. Right. Well, and I love that you mentioned slowing down. I feel that conflict all the time. Like my spiritual work and my 
emotional work is really calling me to slow down, be more intentional, have more space. But then when I step out into the world again, I'm like, oh, fuck, like somebody wants me to go run very quickly and do this thing and yeah. have the product. And and that just feels counter to, I mean, that's how we're living. It's, it's one of the reasons I've considered moving out of Chicago, because I don't know if I can take this pace anymore. Yeah. And it's not even that anyone is like trying to for I'm the boss of my company. So no one's forcing me to do anything. But it's just like, it's a feeling of needing to go with the current, but I just want to step out and just like walk along the shore. Yeah. It's the conditioning of the system, right? We're trapped right. for now in the system that works differently. And so it feels quite lonely to be the person yeah. who goes against the stream. And so that's, I think, another role is saying, you're not alone. You can do this. You can do marketing differently. And yes, there will be results. It will take a bit longer, but you will build something that is for the long term and you right. will feel better. So sometimes on podcasts, people ask me the question, well, how do we know this humane marketing stuff works, right? Because people are still kind of in this left mm -hmm. brain analytical, give me, give me examples, give me numbers. Mm -hmm. And in the book, I do share um, a lot of stories, but I have to admit it was quite not difficult, but it was harder than I thought to find stories of marketers and people who build businesses on those principles. You know why? Because <laughs> I <exactly>. did. <laughs> you are one of them. Right. Yeah. But I would have mm -hmm. never come across you because you're not the one that screams the loudest. Exactly. You're not out there shouting, look at me, how I became a millionaire overnight and, you know, all these right. things. And so people like that, you, you had to go like digging a bit deeper, but they are out there. And I think, yeah, it's sometimes it can be quite lonely, like you said, because you're, you feel like, oh, I'm the only one mm -hmm. doing this. And I have to keep reminding myself, no, it's okay to do it my way. It's okay to do it differently, mm -hmm. even if everybody else, you know, keeps imposing me their beliefs. Yeah. I keep thinking about the lost art of apprenticeship and mentoring, like real real mm -hmm. mentoring, right? Mm -hmm. Right. To really become a master at something, we have to be an apprentice. Right. And that takes a lot of time and a lot of patience. And there isn't space for that in our culture most often. Right. But I just think about like, I always tell my team, because I've got a, a team of managers now that are so amazing. And I'm trying to teach them what I've done and what I've recognized as relationships mm -hmm. are the basis. That's, yeah. that's my marketing is mm -hmm. I create a relationship with you and it's not false, right? I, I actually have been recognizing like I have too many relationships in my life because I cannot, I cannot tend to all of them. Yeah. So it's like, if you're listening and I haven't texted you back, it's not because I don't love you. It's because <laughs> there's too many people <laughs> and I want to be authentic and real, right? So I'm not just going to text you back and be like, oh yeah, we'll get lunch and then never mean it. Right. I want to mean it when I say it. Mm -hmm. And that's been the the secret sauce of my success is truly caring about the person in front of me. And if I resonate with you as a human, I'm going to be more likely to send my client to your treatment center or try your product or X, Y, Z, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what so many people shy away from is that humanness in the marketing, right? Mm -hmm. To actually share your stories and share personal things. We're so focused on sharing stuff about our products or how they make you feel mm -hmm. or all of that. 
where what I talk about often is this worldview, like when we align and we have a common worldview, mm-hmm. you know, the service almost comes secondary because I just trust mm-hmm. you that you do good work because you're a good person and we you know, see the world the same way. That when you have sales calls like that, for example, people just tell you, I want to work with you. How can I start? Right. Rather than kind of pushing you and, and you know, challenging you and talking about price right. and squeezing your price. You're like, no, you're a decent human being. I, I exactly. know you. I've seen what you put out there. You have integrity. You're ethical. And then the rest just kind of falls in place. And yeah, obviously relationships. Mm. I just hired an assistant and I, one of the things that's been happening as the podcast has been around longer, I get a lot more people asking me to be a guest on the show. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's, they're selling a book, they're selling a product or whatnot. And I think I'm going to have them listen to this episode (laughs) because whenever I find a guest, it's because I am resonating with you. There's something that you said, something that you posted, whatever that I'm like, we're vibing, we're on the same frequency. Only one time I found that was somebody who reached out to me first. Mm -hmm. It rarely happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have them listen to this and be like, we will market your shit, but it's got to come from the heart. And it's got to come from you wanting to have a relationship with me, not just marketing your product or selling your book. Yeah. Because I feel used. Yeah. Oh, you have a platform. Oh, let me use it. And and I'm just going to talk about my book the whole time. I think there's a human way in the end that's marketing, right? Pitching uh, mm-hmm. yourself for being on podcasts. That's marketing. Mm-hmm. There's there's a human way to do it. And it's called relationships again. You know, it's like, right. well, do you really care about the human who's putting out this content and right. also the listeners? Do you know who they right. are? Right? Yeah. Well, I'm curious your your answer to this question, and maybe it'll lead into even a bit more about your internal process and your story, but would you consider yourself a wounded healer? Yeah, I think who isn't a wounded healer? I mean, the, that's how you, I guess, get into this healing path mm-hmm. because you feel like something is just not whole. So how do you make mm-hmm. it whole? And then you start on this journey of of healing. So definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm curious too, and this kind of circles back to the beginning when you said you're in the marketing world and you were just feeling like not right about stuff. This might not be answerable, but I'm curious if you can expand on what that not right meant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was happening inside of you that you knew that this wasn't okay for you? Yeah. I always felt like a misfit. Like I just Mm. wasn't I guess I was like, I'm just not made for business. I'm way too nice. I think that were the words I was using. I'm way too Mm -hmm. kind. I, you know, I bring too much empathy. And then it was this pain of wanting to succeed Mm. and using the wrong methods to get there. Mm. And so there, yeah, obviously there was a lot of ambition. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of your listeners can probably relate to that. There's ambition to want to, you know, have an impact in in the world and Mm -hmm. work with clients and and do the work. And yet being kind of blocked at the, well, how do I do this in a way without burning out and feeling like selling Mm -hmm. my soul? So 
oftentimes I think that's what it felt like to me. I'm selling my soul. You know, I'm going against the values I was brought up with. I felt Mm. like I was raised with, you know, these values of community, fairness, equality, giving everybody a chance. Business is not what matters most. And then being in a business world where oftentimes I felt like that's all I saw out there is how do you sell more? How do you make more? How do you make millions? And it was never talk about, well, what if you made millions? Or what are you going to do with these millions? Right. It's like, so yeah, so what? You're a millionaire, but are you going to change the world? Are you going to give back? Yeah. What are you going to do with yeah. that? So yeah, feeling like a complete misfit in a business world and feeling like betraying my dad with his values. I think that's what Mm. the piece that was missing that I had to go back and heal. Wow. And as you talk about that, the word integrity is what showed up for me because like you said before, we're still going to have to make money, right? So if if you are any human (laughs) wanting to be in connection with other humans and not live off the grid somewhere in a spaceship. Um, (laughs) You're going to have to make money. But what I've heard is that we want to be in right relationship with that money and have integrity in all things. And I guess I'm, I'm always thinking about sometimes I feel like I'm so removed from quote unquote normal people because I live in this world where everybody values one another Mm -hmm. and we will talk things out and not like use projection. And right. So I'm like people who don't live in that world, what are they like? And I just wonder if they've seen examples and I wonder if they can feel what that feels like. Right. Because I'm guessing that there was something very intuitive about you at a young age where you were sensing more than just what was going on internally for you, for you to be able to recognize like, this is asking me to do something that feels not in alignment with what is going on internally. And I guess as you talk about these other, I'll ask you to define B Corporation because I don't really know what that is. But Mm -hmm. as you talk about these more conscious companies, I'm so hopeful that that slowly shifts into the norm. I mean, it'd be great if it did quickly, but it won't. And then we see more examples so that people can figure out a way to be in integrity. Yeah. I think many of the examples I, I saw, especially in the online world, were probably a lot of people who hadn't done their own healing. And yeah. so it was a lot of the hustling, the the hype mm-hmm. uh, mentality that then kind of colored off on all the other followers or whoever was following mm-hmm. what they were doing. When I first started kind of investigating into this this topic and finding out from my people, well, what's wrong with marketing? Why do we hate it so much? A term that came up over and over again was anxiety. It created so much anxiety for Mm -hmm. people and it still does for entrepreneurs who need to market their own business, but also for us as customers and consumers that, Mm. you know, everything that is being pushed upon us is always somehow touching much deeper than we actually recognize. Mm -hmm. I give you an example in the online marketing world, uh, the number of times probably every day I see the term or expression six figure or seven figure business, right? That's kind of just like being used as that is a successful entrepreneur, somebody who has six or seven figure businesses. And what we don't realize by using that is that 
we create so much anxiety around us. We probably yep. even create anxiety for ourselves because as we're putting out these headlines, for example, if you are at the bottom scale of these six figures, well, probably you're kind of thinking, I'm kind of an imposter. I'm putting out these things and right. I'm actually just barely at the... So it just creates anxiety all around and it just doesn't feel good. So those are the some of the these negative examples that I kept seeing. And I'm like, well, there needs to be a... If we want to go towards a world where there's more empathy, more kindness, anxiety can have a place. If everything evolves around anxiety, then we're going nowhere. It's just not working. And so the the B corporations or any other conscious kind of sustainable businesses are basically saying, you know, there's purpose and profit. We're doing both. We start with purpose. Mm. And yes, we also want to be profitable, but it's a both and. And we, you know, deeply care. Often it's referred to the triple bottom line. We deeply care about our clients and the planet and profit. So, you know, Mm. these three things matter. And workers. Yes, people. Sorry. Yes. And, and And the workers. In the negative examples, you can tell it's all fear-based and mm-hmm. fear for, mm-hmm. I guess, somehow they haven't looked at their own healing journey because how much money do you really need in order to, right. you know, be happy and have a good life? So it's like all these online mm-hmm. people built these giant businesses and you just wonder, well, yeah. what is it all for? Well, I think that I don't know if it was in the blue zones or there was some book about happiness and like longevity. And I think the figure was around like $75,000. Like that's exactly that's the amount of money that will make people happy. And then anything above that actually creates more anxiety. Like more money, more problems is for real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, so true. It's funny. I, I shared this story about the, I have this love affair with Sicily because we have a, a house there south of Italy. And uh, there's a story about an olive grove farmer who has his little olive grove, like a couple of trees. And so this American businessman comes in and says, oh, you know, these olives, this olive oil is really good. You could do much better and, you know, grow this thing and make more profit. And, and the, the Italian guy says, well, and then what? Well, then you'd be like, you know, spending all this time with your family and be at the beach. And he's like, I'm doing that already. You're doing that now. Yeah. So yeah, it's all perspective. And that's why this definition of success is so important. It's like, how yeah. do you want to spend your life? And marketing is so tightly related to that because mm-hmm. you need to actually find it joyful to share what you have to offer. And yes, you want mm-hmm. to make a living, but you can also define your upper enough. You know, right. you have to define your lower right. enough, but you can also define your upper enough. Yeah. And then just say, I'm happy with what I have. Why do I always need to work more and hustle more? Mm. Wow. Well, I have learned so much today and I know I am going to be putting your book in my bookshop cart right after this to make sure I read all of it and soak up more. I'm I'm just really grateful that you shared your time today and I'm I'm really grateful for the greater good that you're doing the type of work that you're doing. Thank God there's somebody in the business world and I'm sure you're not the only one who is bringing this voice to our out of control system right now. Mm, thank you. I appreciate it. I 
it's true. It's just uh, more and more I realized that's just what I'm here for, I guess. It's like that's mm -hmm. me holding space. And yes, uh, I just learned this new term from Jonathan Fields. He used it on a podcast recently. He said, maximum sustainable generosity. And that's mm. really what I'd like to live by as well. So mm. yes, maximum generosity. But you put the sustainable in the middle because yeah. it still needs to be sustainable for ourselves. Yes. And that's the, right. you know, that's the triple bottom line. It's like, yeah, but you also need to make a living. You can't just be a martyr and, you know, serve right. everyone for free. You still need to run a business mm. and make a living. So I love that term. Thank you for sharing that. Would you share all your links and where people can find you before we end today? Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. So the, the website is humane.marketing, no.com, just .marketing. And if people are curious about the seven P's of humane marketing in the form of the mandala, I have a one-page marketing plan. That's humane.marketing forward slash one page, the number one and then page. And it does come with seven email prompts to kind of help you reflect and go deeper into these seven P's of marketing and how they apply to your business. And then I'm mainly on, on LinkedIn, so you can reach out to me there and say that you've listened to Sarah and Sarah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I will be following you and learning from you from now and forevermore. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you, Sarah, for having me today on your show. I loved it. Thank you. Thanks so much to Sarah for being an amazing guest on the show today. If you liked what Sarah had to say and you want to learn more, you can find more about her on our website at www.headhearttherapy.com slash podcast. As always, thanks to the amazing Andrea Clunder and her wonderful team at the Creative Imposter Studios, to Ben Mueller for our theme music, and to Liam O'Donnell for our album art. Thanks again. Until next time. Bye-bye.